Hi, this is Shane Gibson's sales podcast for September 14th, 2006. I haven't made a podcast in a while. A lot of it had to do with the fact that I did seven cities in seven weeks across Canada talking to an organization about selling fundamentals as well as selling to executives. And actually, one of the topics that uh, came up that was really key was talking about presentation skills in the boardroom and our ability to present as salespeople in closing any size deals, but big deals in particular. And I guess I think back to a story I heard about a jockey. And this was a jockey that for many years had won cup after cup and race after race, a horse jockey. What happened was he started to lose once in a while and then consistently and then especially to to two particular other jockeys who was racing. So he sat down with his coach and his coach says, I finally think I've, I've seen what's wrong with the way you're racing. And he says, okay, well, share with me, coach. He says, well, he says, what I see here is that you spend the whole race trying to beat number one and two. In other words, they start off strong, they stay in tight, you're always on the outside, you're trying to pass them, and by the time you come to the last corner in the straight stretch towards the finish line, you've exhausted your horse. But what's interesting is just on the last corner, number two always goes wide, and he leaves a gap for someone to go through. He goes, I bet you if you held back and stopped exhausting yourself, that when that opportunity opened up, and at number two went wide, you could then push your horse really hard for one good sprint, blast through the hole, and I think you could come in first. He says, Coach, thanks for the input. I never really thought about it that way, and I didn't really see that, but now that I look at the video, I realize that, you know, absolutely, I've been missing it. So the gun goes off, the horses come out of the starting gates, they go around the corner, then they go around the second corner and the third corner, and one and two were really racing and pushing hard against each other, and he hung in there as number three again, ahead of the pack, but still number three. But instead of exhausting his horse, he, didn't, he waited for the opportunity. Finally, they came around the corner. On the last corner, horse number two goes wide. He goes for it. The race is over, and he still comes in third. And he walks over to his coach, and he says, Coach, he says, you know, I think you were wrong about that hole opening up. So I don't think that was the problem. And coach says, what's the problem? He says, the problem is you can't go through a hole that's moving faster than you. And what that really is about, it's not just about opportunity. See, what he had was an opportunity, but what he didn't have was preparedness. And I think success is where opportunity meets preparedness. And I think about that opportunity as many of us have had the opportunity to stand in a boardroom, get in front of key decision makers, and pitch that deal. And yet we don't necessarily always deliver the way we want to. And so what we're going to talk about today is briefly, I'm going to actually over the next two or three podcasts break down a a full presentation, executive presentation skills in a condensed format. Uh, Originally developed this presentation for the Sauter School of Business for their MBA program and uh, presenting as a guest lecturer and have since presented it and worked with organizations such as uh, Standard Life uh, as well as uh, other universities uh, and professional groups. And so I guess the first part I look at is, I like to start off with this quote on leadership. And I like this quote, and it says, and I think I've shared it with you before, but it's, if you think you're a leader and no one is following you, you're actually just going for a walk. That's an interesting thought. Think about it. If you think you're a leader and no one is following you, you're actually just going for a walk. And really, the true reason why is that a lot of people believe they're leaders because they've got great vision, or they've got a great product, or they've got a great solution. But a leader influences other people with their vision. 
And if we don't have that key skill of the ability to engage a boardroom or engage an audience, I believe we're missing huge opportunities. We're not prepared. So let's take a look at, I'm going to today just briefly look at developing a presentation. Is I've put together eight points here, and here's our eight points. I'm going to run through them, and you might want to write them down. I'm going to go back through, and I'm going to go back through in more detail here. So number one, when you're developing a presentation, begin with the end in mind. Number two, have a strong start. Get their attention. Number three, gather pertinent stories. Number four, gather or build pertinent models. Number five, customize through research. Number six, watch, emulate, and study other presenters. Number seven, practice, time it, get feedback, and practice some more. And number eight, most importantly, finish strong emotionally either with humor or a major call to action. So let's talk about these points again. Number one, begin with the end in mind. Part of it is I've seen people stand up and give a great presentation, but really a quarter of it's filler and another quarter is off topic and another quarter is spent with them just reading their slides <laughs> uh, and the, the rest of it uh, is really spent recovering. And the reality is we need to set a goal. What is our goal for this presentation? Is our goal to close the deal? Is our goal to get people who are opposed on side? Is our goal to get our next appointment with real decision makers? What is our goal for this presentation, this sales pitch? And so think of what your goal and everything in your presentation to support that goal. If our goal is the next appointment, maybe we don't want to go for the close or push them hard for buying language. Maybe what we want to do is educate them and develop credibility, for instance. But begin with the end in mind during a group presentation. Number two, have a strong start to get their attention. A good example is how I started this podcast. I started with a story, a bit of a strong start, something with a little bit of energy and something that's very visual and somewhat engaging. And so when we start our presentation, have a strong start, whether we're using powerful statistics or an emotionally gripping story, or it's just that we engage the group and pull them in through powerful questions, but have a strong start. Number three, gather pertinent stories. So I shared a brief story with you here, but also in the sales process, often credibility is based upon our results in the marketplace. So do you have sort of mini verbal white papers or case studies where you can share success stories and experiences interacting with other clients in the marketplace to really pull people in? So gather stories. People re relate to stories and people more than they do statistics, charts, and PowerPoints. Number four, gather or build pertinent models. And what I mean by model is if you can take a diagram and within that diagram encompass symbolically maybe the content of two or three slides, you're better off with a diagram. People will remember that diagram. It's a way to show there's a process or a, a system connected to what we're selling. Number five, customize through research. For every hour that I'm in front of a group of people and I'm pitching a deal. I think of a, a client I landed recently and I literally spent an entire day in one of their offices interviewing their staff. Then I spent another day talking to some of the people involved in their organization as end users. Uh, and then I literally stayed up the night before, hardly sleeping actually to be honest, uh, but uh, in all seriousness, another three or four extra hours prepping for my presentation. And this presentation was an hour long. 
And I guess, is it worth it? Well, it's worth it because I beat four major competitors, or excuse me, three major competitors at that particular juncture, and I landed the deal. And a big part of it was the feedback I got as they felt I had been working in their organization for years. I understood their company. I understood their organizational language. And here's the key. When you're customizing, language is so critical. Understand the language spoken within your target client, and you'll understand their culture. Understand your culture, speak their language, and they'll feel like you're one of them versus an outsider pitching them on a deal. Number six, watch, emulate, and study other presenters. I'm constantly listening to some of my favorite presenters like John C. Maxwell or even watching Bill Gibson who's of course my father who's been in the industry for over 35 years who was my original mentor getting in the business and I watch his videos constantly even still even though he's in Africa. Dr. Dennis Covier, any chance I get to watch him speak I'm absolutely there and I'm out there looking even though I, you know for me I've been around the industry for now for over a decade I've heard most major presenters, I've heard most of the content out there in the marketplace, but I'm still out there observing constantly to say, what did I like about this presentation and how could I adapt it, that style to what I do? So watch, emulate, and study other presenters. Number seven, practice it, time it, get feedback, and practice more. Here's one of the challenges I find, and it goes both ways, but I find a lot of people who are traditionally corporate trainers or facilitators who are used to spending you know an hour or two or they're technical trainers let's say in an in a engineering staff for a large IT consulting firm and they're used to spending days training and now they're in a boardroom and they have 25 minutes to get their point across almost always they try to put too much content into their presentation they have to go back and really think about again point number one begin with the end in mind and really focus on that Often in a one-hour presentation, if I get a, an hour, for instance, to pitch a major RFP for training, I will literally only have between eight and ten slides. And those are just mostly visual and the odd bullet point. They are not there to drive the presentation. They're there to support me. But the key is, is that if you're going to use PowerPoint, what I do is I'll actually print out my whole presentation after I prepared it. And I'll actually, even if I don't go through it literally, I'll look at each slide and I'll write a number down how long this slide will take me to do it. Then I'll add it up and I'll go, oh shoot, well I had an hour to present and I've got, it looks like I've got two hours with the slides here and I begin to cut them down. So part of it is stay focused, practice it, develop a system to really make sure you're on time, get feedback, so present it to someone else if at all possible before you go in to do the deal and practice. And again, very seldomly do we have too little to say. I find that too often we overprepare and have too much in our presentation. So keep it focused, minimize our use of PowerPoint, use it as a support tool, not as uh, something we're reading off of, and practice, practice, practice. Remember, people buy you first, then they buy your company, then they buy your solution, and then they often buy on price. So make sure when you prepare for your presentation and practice, that you set it up so that all your tools and props support you versus you being led by those tools and props. Number eight is finish strong emotionally with humor or a call to action. Find a great story or a compelling statistic or even at the end of it uh, if you want to use a feedback form where you get feedback from them and part of it is asking them to make a commitment on the next step. But find a way to finish strong or at least get a call to action. Think about that goal. Number one, start with the, the end in mind and find a way to get them to follow through on that. 
So today, I know this has been sort of a quick sort of overview of developing a good presentation. But as we look at it, the key here is that there's many components to it. And so today we talked about structure. What we'll talk about the next time I get here uh, and do a broadcast with you is we're going to look a little bit around preparation for presentations, but also we're going to move into speaking with style. So I know I've talked in past podcasts around leadership about personality styles, but I'll be talking about how do you deal with an audience where you've got someone who's a heavy promoter personality, someone who's very supportive, intimate type individual, someone who's very cognitive and analytical, and maybe a few people in the room who are heavy controllers or action-oriented people. It's easy one-on-one -on -one to shift our style to sell to these people, but how do you address this entire audience at same time and so I'll be talking about how to format your presentations to make sure you don't miss anybody in the boardroom and so again if you have any questions or comments about this particular podcast you can email Shane S-H-A-N-E at closingbigger.com or you can post a comment at closingbigger.net and that's Shane Gibson's podcast for September 14th 2006